0: This is the CHGO Cubs podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. Hello, everyone. Happy Friday. It is Friday, November 25th. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan And we are coming to you the day after Thanksgiving. Hope your holiday was good. However, you celebrate or don't celebrate, whatever you're doing this weekend, I hope you are having a nice time. Brendan, how are you? I'm doing good, Corey. We
1: actually have some rumors to talk about.
0: Yeah, it's you know, it's it. We're in that area where. The off season is still a bit slow. Maybe waiting for the winter meetings. I'm not sure, uh, but yeah, we were. Uh, we'll call it blessed with at least some new topics today, um, as opposed to relitigating the shortstop dilemma and and reading into uh, different cryptic beat writer tweets and notions and things like that. There's a, l- a little bit more to talk about. How much you know ends up happening, or if it's uh, substantiated in the end, we'll see. Yeah. We will see. Uh, Before we jump into that, I do want to mention a couple of things at CHGO. It is Black Friday, so you can stock up on all, as our good pal Luke Stuckmeyer says, the dope... CHGO merch in the CHGO Locker. You can get up to 50% off the entire store. If you spend $75, you get a $15 gift card. And if you have joined the new Die Hard level to support CHGO, you get an additional 20% off your order. Visit chgolocker.com to take advantage of all the Black Friday deals. And of course, to reiterate what we talked about in our last episode, if you're listening and following any of our wonderful CHGO colleagues, you've been hearing about the Die Hard level. You can become an official member today at allchdo.com slash diehard. You get access to the best content Free shirt every year and exclusive gear for diehard level members. Discounts on events like tailgates and other events that are going to be coming up with the CHGO community. Discounts on merch like we just discussed with the Black Friday merch. A membership card and access to the members only Discord. So please do check that out. All slash diehard. And if you join, you can take advantage of those Black Friday deals. A lot of good merch that has come out. Uh, recently, I know the Justin Fields sliding in the rain shirt is, uh, I think the best seller, very popular flying off the shelves. Um, we've got some really good Cubs merch and I'm sure more to come, uh, all the time. So check all of that out. We appreciate your support for everything going on at CHGO, uh, and check out that diehard membership. It's uh, definitely going to be worth it. So Brendan, uh, still not much going on here. Uh, really across baseball. So I I still feel like we talked last time not particularly – I'm impatient. We talked about that. But we still have not gotten to the point where something has happened – that I think is really triggering that, like, okay, Jed, like, are you awake? Like, what are you doing? Like, should we start panicking about the the offseason,
1: the budget, etc? I'm, I'm still not there yet. I think this was to be expected. Uh, I think if some of these big time free agents were to go off the board right away, it would have been more surprising. So in the next three weeks here should start ramping up, you get to the winter meetings, you get a better idea of what these shortstops want, what some of these pitchers want. And then I think we'll get more substantive comments and and rumors that the Cubs are involved in some of these guys.
0: People are getting itchy. I I mean I'm getting a little itchy too. If I mean I wake up you're I'm on like waiting for something.
1: Cubs Twitter, it's getting a little itchy over yeah. there. Yeah. I mean if Correa goes in the next like two weeks, then we're going to have a problem on Cubs Twitter. Like this, that's just how it is.
0: Does it bother you to read? I mean there there's it. it really seems like a, all of the b writers are kind of. It, it's an interesting thing with the shortstop conversation. Where you have a lot of those national writers, JP Morosi, guys like that, really hammering that the Cubs are are going to do this, and they're going to be shocked if they if they don't do it. But you you also get get Correa
1: or just a shortstop,
0: just one of the shortstops. Yeah. Then you also have kind of the 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 local beat, pretty much in in unison, just reiterating. Not that that's not going to happen, but just that you know they don't expect the Cubs. You know, if Carlos Correa gets a 15-year offer for $500 million from the Baltimore Orioles, you know, he does not expect the Cubs, or they do not expect the Cubs to match anything, right, and, mm-hmm. and go crazy and, and set some market records, things like that. That's just their expectation. Does that kind of talk bother you? Does it, it make sense? Does it fall in line with, like, what you're thinking? Or would you rather be in a place where everybody, including the local beat writers, are like, they will do anything to get you know one of these top three shortstops. I guess four if you put Swanson in that group, but like how how do you feel about the way it's being discussed
1: i it's still so early, so I don't have a good feel for it I, of course, you have the the national guys who are a little bit more general, and then the local B guys and as you said, like oh, they may not go the distance on the years and the money to me, that seems to line up with what Jed's been doing over the last few years here where you don't want to risk the long-term roster flexibility for a few guys. That's that's why a lot of these core guys were traded away. Mm-hmm. So that lines up a little bit more to me, but it's still so early that I don't think those rumors are going to completely put away the possibility of ponying up and actually going the distance on some of these longer contracts. It depends what as you always say, Corey, what the total sum looks like by the end of the off season. And there are possibilities where you go out, you have a long-term deal with Correa, let's say eight years plus whatever it is, and you're still able to have flexibility on the roster. You can maneuver guys around. Maybe you trade some of these guys to shore up the pitching uh, in a cost-effective way. You look at someone like Pablo Lopez or maybe other guys who are a little cost controllable. Some free agents might make sense it's still way too early to have like solidified feels for what these short stops and, and what the Cubs are actually looking for at this point.
0: Yeah. I, you know, again, like I'll react if, and when they don't, you know, make a big splash and you know, that we, we feel at the end of this off season that this roster is not good enough. If that's mm-hmm. what happens until then, I'm not going to
1: preemptively
0: work myself up about
1: that. Well, I because... was a little surprised too. We talked about it on the last episode and you know, How in some of these like MLB trade rumors writers are, but when they were projecting Correa for 290 million over eight years, that seemed really low to me. Like if that's what the asking price is, I imagine the Cubs are completely in on that. Like for Correa, I'm imagining he's going to get over 330, 350 million plus. Given what we've seen in the market for younger guys, athletic infielders, you think of guys like Machado and Francisco Lindor. I, I would have a hard time believing the Cubs would go three fifty plus, but if that's the market for Correa eight years, you know two ninety, then yeah, like they should absolutely be all over that. I'll be I'll be upset if they miss out miss out on that type of contract. Sure, yeah,
0: and I think you know again something that I've said before, and you know certainly is not some kind of novel thought, but I, I think it's not surprising to hear the local beat kind of. N- not even tempering expectations, but just sort of going in line with what we all believe about Jed, right? That he's not going to do something crazy. But uh, the, the the point though is sometimes you have to you have to
1: make the move to get the player. Right? I feel as, I feel as if this front office Theo was still closed to the chest as well with some of these rumors, but I feel as if Jed's like even more so. Like mm-hmm. he's not going to discount or leak anything at at all. So right. my question is like how confident are some of these beat writers' feelings and thoughts of the current state and the motive of the front office? Right.
0: I I, I, well, I am mean, and as we've always said, like there's a big difference between that being your position, right? But Jed knows this too. He knows that same thing. Like sometimes you have to you have to get the right you have to give the right deal if you want to get the player. Uh or you're just patting yourself on the back for, you know, being fiscally conservative or you know not giving out long-term deals like Mm -hmm. let's see what happens when push comes to shove right like the stance can be we don't want to give out a 10-year deal to somebody we don't believe that this is a good idea long term even if you know you and I and others would say that it is a good idea um what happens then right and you know it's very possible just because they feel that way that Jed and his group say well if the alternative is not getting this player, we're going to have to do it, right? We don't right. know. So that's where that is. It's really no different. I was just curious how you felt. The The discourse is very interesting. <laughs> People are getting itchy. People, you know, and, and I get it. People want to hear Jed Hoyer tell all, all these beat writers, we are going to do whatever it takes to get this player. And, you know, A, I don't think he's going to say that. And B, I don't necessarily know that they want
1: to do that. But the question will be if. Well, my my feel with the shortstop market, in my mind, they're going to get one of those guys. and I still feel that way. That could be a dangerous thought, but because I feel like that, my my source of, if you want to call it curiosity or, or concern, if you want to be extreme, is... How do they shore up that starting pitching end? Like that to me seems way more difficult than going out and signing one of these shortstops because the market is so wide for these shortstops. You got really top tier guys, and then for the pitching side, you only have a few, and they have a lot of question marks, whether it be age or injury concerns. And I'm 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 a little worried how the Cubs can maneuver to get those top shelf pitchers. For the hitting side, it seems like pretty obvious what needs to be done. For the pitching mm-hmm. side, even if they get some of these guys, which we'll talk about, like Verlander right. or Degrom. Like, even if they get those guys, I still have question marks about their longevity on this team. I don't like that. Yes. Well, so let's talk about
0: that. So Sahadev Sharma and Patrick Mooney did a post over at The Athletic where they were kind of touching on where we're at with some of this stuff. I I believe they did reiterate the Cubs' interest in Kodai Senga is real. Of course, there's going to be a lot of suitors there uh, and, you know, some uncertainty, even if you you did bring him in. but, But that interest is real. Um And they did kind of suggest that they're not expecting the Cubs to be in that that market, the Verlander-DeGrom market, uh, and maybe expecting them to be more in uh, a couple names that they mentioned are Jamison Tyone and Taiwan Walker. Um, Chris Bassett was a name that was mentioned, I think, last week. Uh, and I guess my my question to you, you've wa- I think as we talked about this in the off season, you've wavered pretty significantly back and forth on how you feel about adding someone like Verlander or Degrom and, and allocating the resources there, etc. When I read this, if and you know whether they get one of that group, multiple of that group, I don't know. We do know that the Cubs were in on uh, Andrew Heaney supposedly before he signed, mm-hmm. so. To me, like, sh- th- there would be some questions and, and the sort of um, range of outcomes, I think, would be pretty wide. But if you added, like, a, a, a Sangha type, or even if it was both of these guys in the th- this athletic article, Tyone and Taiwan Walker, like, I feel like the, the Cubs rotation was obviously really good in that second half of... 2022 uh top 3 in the league, you know, post all-star break. Like I I feel like that's good enough for where the team is at. And then of course you'd have the hope that some of the guys you continue to give opportunities to, whether that's Justin Steele, Hayden Wisniewski, etc., take continue to take further steps and develop and and give you, you know, even higher ceiling overall. Yeah. Like I think that that kind of mix is is probably fine, okay. As lo- as long as as we have said with so many other things, right? Like
1: you're vastly improving this offense. That's the hope, and that's where I think the offense does get improved. That's where my my confidence is pretty high on the offensive side. For the pitching side, I have wavered uh, with with Degrom and Verlander, and I will continue to waver. The the problem is. The the cost to get these guys will will be high. And for Verlander, it might be high in a two year window. The The cost might be 25 million plus, maybe more. DeGrom might be more years, might be around uh, the same cost per year, maybe even more, maybe even like 30, 35 million. It's not the cost and the years per se, although that does create restrictions, even though they are very flexible in payroll right now, it will create restrictions for the following year. The, the problem is, in absence of the money and year allocation, it's can they perform in October? Can they get to that point? I mean, you look at DeGrom. He hasn't pitched 100 innings, over 100 innings in three seasons, Corey. Verlander, there's very few. There's absolutely no one that has done what Verlander has done in his, in his career at this age in modern baseball. Can he have the longevity to get to the end of September? To be that top shelf ace guy, and then go into a postseason where you have more postseason teams, where you have a pitch clock that's shorter, you're gonna to to ramp up your pace. Uh, can he do that? Can he get the Cubs through a postseason like that as the guy? That gives me a sense of discomfort that that I that I can't shake right now. Mm-hmm. So the other alternative. Which is where Sahadev was, was talking about in that athletic piece is a Taiwan Walker, the uh, Kodai Sangas, the uh, Jameson Tyone group. Those are going to be your mid shelf guys. Those are going to be maybe a, a notch below what you would get from like Strowman. Strowman's going to be the consistent guy. He has a diverse repertoire at his best. He, he, you know He's a you know top uh, 15, 20th percentile pitcher in, in the league. Those guys are just slightly below him that's fine too. You're going to get innings. Let's say you go with Jam- Jameson Tyone. He has a track record going 25 plus stars in his career very consistently. Tywin Walker has a diverse repertoire as well. He's uh, adjusted over the last couple of years. He has many pitch types. Kodai Senga, many pitch types, uh, apparently has one of the better splitters. You can be okay with that. And then the hope is Wisniewski takes that next step. The hope is you get Justin Steele continuing to progress. Maybe Kyle Hendricks comes back after going through this driveline offseason routine. Throwing 99. Throwing 99. <laughs> he's like your ace again. Um, you know, the hope is kind of like, Hendricks go through that Kershaw route where Kershaw went to drive line and had some you know some improvements. He got more cutting action, sweeping action on his slider. You, you never know what happens with some of these guys, especially the cerebral guys with Hendricks. Mm-hmm. So I think if I had to pick today, like what route I'm most comfortable with, I want innings, dude. And I don't think I'm going to get innings from like it's possible, but I don't feel comfortable saying with certainty that I'm gonna get innings with DeGrom and Verlander. But I'm pretty more certain that I'm gonna get more innings if we sign someone like Ty Young. And because of that, I, I just I just feel better going into, into the season, and then if they're in a competitive window, Corey, go over to the trade deadline. Maybe there's a pitcher available via trade, and they go and jump in on that. It's mm-hmm. that's still a possibility. Well, and so you see what happens. Let me ask you,
0: like one of the things that we've talked about, and I, I think you've been a particular um you know person banging the drum for this, and actually Jim Deshays was on the Marquee Network, I think it was uh, a couple days ago with Cole Wright. And he said verbatim uh, something that we've talked about a lot, like the Cubs need a starting pitcher, top of the rotation type guy. Yeah. Some of the guys that we're talking about, and of course, you're you're hoping that guys like Steele and Wisniewski and whoever else gets an opportunity can be a part of this
1: conversation. And that's asking point. a lot, by the way, not to yes, sugarcoat that. of course. Yeah.
0: But but with some of these guys, you know, Tyone Walker, et cetera. You, would ho- you could hope that they could get there, right? You've certainly seen flashes of this from Marcus Stroman uh, in, a, in a lot of his career. But would you be comfortable if they did not do that, if they did not go out and get someone who not not with what can they do this year, what can Tommy Hadovy bring out of them, et cetera, et cetera, but without being able to say right now, like, yes, they went out and added this ace, this top of the rotation pitcher, is it okay if you feel, if you don't do that, but you feel like one through five and even beyond that, right, one through, you know, seven, eight with depth and, and things like that, quality start king, Adrian Sampson, etc. cetera, right? <laughs> yeah. Like you feel like the depth is good. Every fifth day the Cubs are going to throw out a starting pitcher that can win them the game, that has potential and can be good, but they don't have that true ace Cy Young competing type guy. Is that okay?
1: Baseball is changing the the way that pitchers are used. The the bullpen games, we've seen recent World Series winners use their pitching staff in an unorthodox fashion. You look at the Nationals a couple years ago, they used their guys every three days, but you still need guys to put out fires. So if, if that's in the form of an ace or that's in the form of like a lockdown bullpen, you can put out fires either way. For me, I still want that top-shelf ace. Those are the guys that are easier to project. More more times than not, if you have a guy that can get you 175-plus innings, that gets whips, that doesn't walk anyone, those guys typically contribute a lot during the playoffs. That's kind of how it is with relievers, with guys going into the season with high ceilings but also low floors. It's really hard to project that. So for me, the way that I like watching games and the way like I fan, I don't like having that degree of uncertainty. But what I do like, if I could be convinced of that approach, is if you get guys that can go every fifth day and you do have that depth and you do have the health in the rotation, you give more of a chance for someone like Wisniewski to continue to develop. You give guys like Keegan Thompson more of a chance to Promote their pitch development because they don't have to, the Cubs don't have to rely on using those pitchers every single fifth day. They may take a few days off. You put in Adrian Sampson, maybe Killian uh, comes up. You have all this pitching depth. Alzalai maybe takes four or five innings one day, and you're able to still give the team quality innings while simultaneously promoting the development of guys to reach that higher ceiling. I can buy into that argument. Like right now, if I had to pick, maybe that is the way to go. Uh, c- uh, comparing to like Degrom and Verlander, but it's still a sense of discomfort that I'm not sure liking. And I think it might be different if the available, you know, well, free agent the, starters
0: were yeah, younger.
1: I mean, for sure. But also too, it's we'll see how the trademarker works out. But as we've talked about, I imagine the Canario trade is like a massive problem, and I imagine Brennan Davis's um injury setbacks and and all that is also creating a little bit of a problem at least during the trade negotiations to have those two guys as huge question marks when you're going out and trying to get you know teams or players from different teams so that seems to be a less likely scenario at this point so you have to make the most of your situation and the best of what you're given and maybe given the injuries and given the context that going out and and trying to you know, shore up the top shelf pitching via free agency is not the right move right now. There's too much risk involved. And you just kind of assess and you get depth and you get stability in innings. And by July of this season, then you reassess and maybe try to get one of those top shelf guys. Right. And,
0: you know, I'll let you jump into our our first sponsor break here. But I think if you build a rotation out of depth and you feel confident on a daily basis that whoever your starting pitcher is, you know, can can keep things within a, a few runs, a couple runs, you know, even if you're not, you know, getting complete game shutouts all the time, you know, if you just build an offense that scores, I don't know, Brendan, seven, eight, nine
1: Why runs not? a game, who cares, right? There you go. So yeah, go sign Carlos Correa, and Xander Bogart. Yeah, just, both. if
0: you're if yeah. you're just launching balls onto Waveland Avenue, like, you know, you would you would have a staff that could make that work for sure. Well, there you go. All right.
1: Well, you know what, maybe uh, email Jed, give him your opinion. I don't think he's thought about that.
0: Score a lot of runs is my pick yeah. <laughs> and I like
1: that. I never thought about that either, Corey. All right, so first ad break here from our sponsor, Shady Rays. Corey, I'm in Arizona right now. I'm looking at the sun as we speak recording this. I need my Shady Rays. Shady Rays, they never understood why sunglasses were so expensive, so they went out to change this. You don't have to break the bank for quality sunglasses this fall because our friends at Shady Rays have you covered. Shady Rays are a premium polarized shades Featuring world class optical clarity, substantial durability, and styles cater to everyone and every lifestyle. The best part about Shady Rays for people like me, I lose my sunglasses, I break my sunglasses all the time. Shady Rays has the most insane protection program in all of eyewear, lost and broken replacements for people like me. If you lose or break your shades on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Like if you drop them in the lake, off a cliff, anything, they will replace them. But even with that strong of a protection program, they still managed to make quality that I can tell you holding in my hands, wearing them. They seem just as good as any expensive pair that I have ever worn. Shady Rays customers seem to agree with over 200,000 five-star reviews. Shady Rays also provides 10 meals to fight hunger in America with every order placed and have donated over 20 million meals to date. Exclusively for our listeners, Shady Rays is running their deepest deal of the season. Use code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs at ShadyRays.com buy one, get one free. You can get two pairs for as low as $54. Redeem only at ShadyRays.com where you can find all their newest and best shades. All right, second break here from our sponsor Game Time. I love Game Time, Corey. I'm one of those fans that like the last second will want to go to a game. Um, that's typically what I do. And this app is like perfect for fans like me. If you're thinking during the winter holiday, hey, I want to go see a game last second with friends, family, this is the app. Game Time is the hottest new ticketing site that makes it easier than ever to score the best deals on tickets to sports, concerts, and shows. If you've ever dreamed of sitting in a seat you never thought you could, let's say 50-yard line of Soldier Field, courtside, for Bulls games behind home plate coming up during spring training, uh, during April, floor seats at a concert, is possible with the GameTime app. The biggest last-minute price drops can be found on the seats you thought you could never buy. You won't find a better deal this season than any Chicago sporting event. This app is created by the fans, for the fans, and it guarantees the lowest price. If you love CHGO, then you will love Game Time. The best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description of this episode, and you can join over 15 million people who have downloaded the GameTime app and scored the best seats to all your favorite events. All right, Brendan,
0: uh, I, I did want to mention I'm I'm really looking forward to, I'll, I'll report back, but okay. uh, when I get back to Chicago, they have that like winter wonderland oh. at, at Wrigley Field. I'm going to go ice skating in center field. Are you a good ice skater? I don't think we've ever talked about this. Oh, we never talked about my hockey career, my youth <laughs> hockey career on
1: here? Oh, we talk about my uh, stellar high school baseball career all the time. We never talked because about Because that career.
0: is technically Cubs related. So it is technically Cubs we related. speak about that. Um, yeah. Yes, I, I, I do know how to ice skate, yes. And I'm very much looking forward to that at Wrigley Field. It yeah, used uh, to be just in Gallagher Way, but now it's like this huge rink at center field. looks great. It does look great. Very festive, very fun, very nice.
1: Yeah, yeah, I like it. I'll you can report wear your, your, your World Series championship beanie skating around center field. Yeah. Look at that.
0: Of course, yes, yeah. and the big gold letters, champs yeah champs
1: yes correct for, for the 2016 champs. cubs is who yeah. you're referring to that's yeah. what i'm referring to correct
0: so before we move on to some other uh rumors i do want to ask you like uh, i know we're talking kind of generally about constructing the pitching staff that way if you know that's kind of and again like you know the sanga thing is is a big variable the cubs interested there like how that works out if you did that do you have like of some of these names like that have come out recently jameson tyon Tyone walker and i think last week was chris bassett like are, are any of them particularly interesting to you? You tend to have uh, favorites, I think, with, I with potential projects like that. Is, is is anybody really interesting to you?
1: Yeah, of all the guys we're talking about, if I had to pick between or among Tyone, Senga, and Walker of those three, i I'm going to probably go for Tyone. Uh, and that's because you just have more information on him and you have a much larger... Season sample size to pull from in projecting his value for next season. Tyone is basically an average guy. Like, you know, he's not going to blow you away with certain stuff on certain pitches, but he does have multiple pitch types. Like, he uses a four seam, uses a curveball, uses a slider equally throughout the game. The four seam fastball is interesting, it it rates uh, slightly above average. Like, if you look at just stuff, He's going to be average across the board, but if you look above, at command, for example, he locates all of his pitches towards the edges. Like his four seam, his command score is 55 on the 80 scale. His slider and curveball are 60 on the 80 scale. He does throw a sinker that he can go up and in to right-handed batters. I do like that. The Cubs have had success with pitchers that do have those sinkers going up and into those guys. And he has a changeup that also can be located well. So. It's possible that given that he has six pitches, those four seam slider curves, sinkers, cutters, change-ups, I wonder if the sequencing can be changed. I, I wonder if some pitch types can be used off that four seam better because it has slightly better than league average vertical break. The velocity is slightly uh, better as well. Maybe some things can be tweaked to get more like active spin on that. But overall, he's a guy that's going to be average. He's going to give you innings he does not have a qualifying offer attached to him. And you have a recent sample size that looks, you know, promising with saying that the stuff looks good. Uh, you know, he's a heavy splitter guy. Sometimes it's hard to project heavy splitter guys as your dominant pitch type, so there's a level of uncertainty there. Tywin Walker is the same thing. Tywin Walker is a heavy splitter guy. He's gone through significant changes in his pitch repertoire over the years. He's had some injuries. Uh, he has been more stable in the past couple of years. 150 innings two years ago. 170 innings last year. It's uh, not going to get the whiffs that you might be comfortable with, but you know. All three of those guys, I'd be fine with the Cubs signing. If I had to pick among the three, I think Tayon is one guy that's going to shore up the rotation. And maybe if you want to get Tayon and Senga, that seems to be like a logical way to go. Get the higher ceiling with Senga and that splitter and see where the rest of the rotation shapes out.
0: All right. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it's, it's a fine strategy for me. I don't have any preferences of these guys. I think if you felt good about the depth that you have, um, you know. Well, I
1: mean, would you feel okay with that? Because we, we yeah. were
0: talking a lot about DeGrom and Verlander in the past decade, month, you know. I mean, look, um, like, they're great pitchers. It's it's fun to toy around with that idea, but I think I I understand where, you know, the kind of question would be as to how that fits with where the Cubs are right now, you know, uh, things like that. Like, I, I, I get all that. And then, of course, you know, if you're building a team that is – hoping to compete in the division but not like a a sure juggernaut you know or or locked to be uh up at the top of the league um you know i understand why you know spending what money you have what money jed has available right um and you know the usual caveat that it should be a lot but i don't control that right (laughs) uh gotta slip that in there brendan just make sure i know um You know, I I think you, you know, I would understand the argument, like, do you want to spend that on, as you always say, someone is on the older side, like Verlander, who's kind of in completely unprecedented territory, as great as he just was, right? It's still unprecedented territory. And someone like DeGrom, who just has such a a high volatility and and injury history. I I can understand why that maybe wouldn't be the, the best way to allocate, um, your dollars, if you're Jed Hoyer, with where this team is at exactly, I I totally understand that. I think you know, look, it's just fun to toy with the idea of Jacob DeGrom in a Cubs uniform pitching in the playoffs at Wrigley Field, right? Like that sounds cool. It um, does. You know, if that's <laughs> if that's not how it ends up, or you know, logically there's a counter argument <laughs> to that. Yeah, that's that's fine. Just depth is good. Adding good pitchers is good. Right. I, you know, I I I, I feel like everybody else, you know, and even like Jim Deshay said, like, you know, they, they still are going to be searching for that top guy. Um, do they have to find it right now? Not necessarily, but at some point, you know, you're going to want that um, clear number one, here's our ace, here's our guy who's going to be getting Cy Young votes at the end of
1: for the year. Sure. So, for sure, for if, sure. If you look at the current, let's say they sign two of those guys, let's say they, you know, that's, that's what happens. They have, from their pool of starting pitchers, like 10 guys immediately that can start. Well, in that group, right? Like, you know, we know where they ranked in ERA
0: in the second half last year, but there's a lot, you know, more analytics you can get into that... you know you'd want to be at the top of and not just for half a season but like let's say you sign Kodai Senga and we'll go with Taiwan Walker for this thought exercise like that group feels really solid like that should be a a one of the better starting pitching groups in the National League right like does it have someone who's winning the Cy Young putting up a sub two ERA maybe not right unless somebody just breaks out or has an you know an awesome season right like Stroh puts it all together and you know has just that the best season of his career right but like that group should be really good and better
1: than most teams you have a lot of possibilities where it works out and it just naming the bulk some of that group right now it's going to be Strowman, Senga, Tayon. Uh, Steele, Hendricks, Wisniewski, Thompson, Sampson, al going down the list even more, uh, Javier Assad. if they make some improvements, Gillian, Jordan Wicks. Those are like 12 guys, Corey, that right. conceivably could start by like May of next year. You should year.
0: be able to find a way to
1: make that work. Every you would, and day. if some of those guys don't work, then you have such a large sum that you have to imagine if you end up trickling through and providing value. There's just right. so many guys there. Right.
0: Right, okay. So uh nothing has happened on this front, but you know, we continue to read and hear and see the little signs. Uh the Cubs want to pair Jan Gomes with another defensive minded, you know, glove first catcher. Um, you know, we saw some rumblings with, with Christian Vasquez, I think earlier this week or last week, but you know, still nothing has been nothing's done. Um, you know, we haven't really gotten any deeper in those rumors, but we do, you know, have a pretty solid idea that that is going to be the Cubs strategy there. So, you know, we'll continue to keep an eye on that. I have no problem with that. And as we've said before, just in case it happens soon or, you know, because it really seems to be the way that they're going to go. I think when you're talking about a starting pitching staff like this, I think that makes even more sense, Brendan right Mm -hmm. like I I don't I'm I'm of the belief like catchers matter I I think uh but you know when you're let's say Jacob deGrom or Justin Verlander at your peak does it really matter who you're throwing to they have preferences of course you know catchers can make a difference right those little frames things like that but when you're peak Jacob deGrom right does it really matter you're
1: yeah does it really matter probably not guys yeah yeah
0: probably not with the group that the Cubs could be building, you are you are potentially making that group a lot better if your backstops on, on every given day are as good as they possibly can be at framing, controlling the running game, and something that Jan Gomes got a lot of praise for last year, which is his pitch calling and his game calling and his reading of hitters and situations and adjusting pitch calls and timing and things like that to those moments. So I think those two conversations actually pair really well, right? If you have a, a staff just full of power pitchers with the best stuff in the league, the catcher still matters, but that that effect is negated a little bit because your pitchers are just so good, right? right? If you're building a staff of guys where you're hoping – To have them make jumps or exceed on those margins or have them take those next steps, those little things that catchers like Jan Gomes and potentially someone like Christian Vasquez can do, that can really make the difference in taking a staff that maybe doesn't seem as exciting on paper, right, but can really elevate them to exactly what we're talking about and and lead the Cubs to having a, a really, really solid pitching group.
1: I think so. I'm I'm fine with that. I think Christian Vasquez, we saw the rumors connected to him, the ability for him to control the running game. He has a pop time. So his ability to catch the ball, throw to second base in the 70th percentile, it's not going to be like anywhere near like Wilson's arm and his ability to control the run game. He's one of the better ones out there doing that. But perhaps unlike Wilson, he has the ability to call games with uh, a comfort that's Higher for David Ross, Tommy Hotovy, and those guys. He has the ability to frame better. Wilson has made improvements. This is not to like, you know, trash out Wilson over here, but Vasquez is above average in in that. And he comes from Boston, comes from Houston. Houston went out and traded for him. Of course, it's going to be a a confidence that he can call games and adjust to pitchers pretty fast, given the ability to control a pitching staff halfway through the season. I like that idea. The offensive profile is not going to be the driving force there. Right. Even though last year his WRC Plus was 99, about league average. The year before that in 2021 with Boston was 76. Not good for an offensive producer. Uh, throughout his career, he's a WRC Plus guy of 84. So he's likely going to be below league average from an offensive point of view. And so is Jan Gomes, and Jan Gomes is getting older as well. So it's it seems likely that given the Cubs' career, current situation at catcher they're going to have to just eat the offensive loss in sacrificed for optimizing the most value out of that pitching staff and that's right. what they want to do then sure go for it i'm fine with that they have to make offensive improvements elsewhere if they're going to do that though yes they do uh, yes they do <laughs> oh and i and
0: i do want to like reiterate a point that that you kind of made there like none of that is and i hope it's not interpreted that way like as a dig at wilson Contreras, right like it's just different skill sets yeah and, and he's we've, dude talked, wilson's made a lot of improvements exactly. over the years. we've talked relentlessly about the improvements that he's made and how hard he worked to get better at that because you know he understood that that was his reputation or things that the team wanted him to get better at, and he worked his butt off to get better at that and right. it showed in the numbers right um so none of saying that like Jan Gomes and Christian Vasquez can read hitters and call pitches better and all that stuff it's not a dig at Wilson Contreras there's different skill sets
1: and they're really right? good at doing it some guys are good at doing certain things like those guys cannot hit like Wilson Contreras right. those guys cannot throw to second base or to first base behind first base uh, uh to pick guys off like Wilson Contreras like he's he's a unicorn in that respect right yeah it's just it's it's just a different approach that can
0: have different outcomes and I think when we're talking about maybe building a pitching staff at least just for the year you know and maybe being in another year where you're developing um, you know guys coming up from the minors or if it is someone like Kodai Senga trying to adjust from another league another country I I think the way that the Cubs may be prioritizing their defense at catcher I I think is something that can accentuate that type of starting pitching path
1: yeah I I still I keep saying this but you know of all the teams to sign Wilson Contreras the Cubs would probably be the best fit for him because he's familiar with these guys I'm so curious how his how his how his market works out Corey uh you know if he's gonna go out and only get uh you know 60 million I think the Cubs should be in on that still I still I still hold by that so I, I think a lot of people are with you
0: in terms of thinking that they you, should I, you I just I, think he's gone I yeah I it. just don't think they're going to Yeah,
1: I mean, it'll be fascinating. All right, so another quick break here from our sponsor, Foco. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. Foco has you covered from soldier field to the living room, north or south side with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leader in sports merch and collectibles, Foco. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? Foco has you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. Check out Foco.com or click the link in the description of this episode below. And for all non-pre-sale items, use the promo code CHGO for 10% off second break here from our sponsor DraftKings. DraftKings is my go-to when betting on the NFL this holiday season. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets. If they do, I used the DraftKings app during the Thanksgiving holiday. Unfortunately, I lost all my bets. I'm not the guy to be betting on the NFL. Uh, You know, Cody's been doing better. He had that backdoor cover in the uh, uh, evening game last night. So, you know, maybe listen to Cody with that, not me. But you can check out the app right now. Everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped up same game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, play the same game parlay, and combine multiple bets like which team will win. You can combine that with player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app right now. Use code CHGO. Place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets. If they do, only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code CHGO. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions do apply. See show notes for details. All right, Brendan,
0: a couple of outfield rumors, and then we will uh, let you all get back to your holiday weekend, however it is you are spending it. With us, of course. Right now, yes. Yeah. Um, we've got a couple of outfield notes, uh, and they do come uh, from John Heyman, who I'm not, you know... Not a big Heyman guy? I, I'm, I, well, that's fair, Sure. Yeah, I I just, you know, sometimes he has a reputation of being one of those guys who feeds some stuff. Well, I mean, Scott Boris feeds him. Agents and things like that. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, you know, nothing uh, personal with John, but uh, sometimes it, it is difficult to kind of take some of the rumors or reports, things like that. um, But it
1: does provide an insight to like what the agents are trying to do. So I do like that.
0: A couple couple of those outfield notes um, from Friday morning. He writes that the Cubs may be interested in Michael Conforto. um, So that is an interesting one. You recall that, you know, he had that QO on him uh, when he was a free agent, but then ultimately had to get some surgery. So that was not a good situation for him uh and i I believe it was in the same article he reiterates the cubs interest in one cody bellinger um that situation has obvious that that one's going to be tricky right there's going to be a lot of people interested in cody bellinger um what that contract looked like or or what cody's looking for things like that Uh, that's that's going to be a tough one but those are a couple of outfield notes. The, the Cody Bellinger thing, we've talked about a lot. Luke, Cody, Ryan have talked about a lot. Um, it makes a lot of sense. Even if he doesn't figure it out with the bat, he's a really good center fielder, um, and you'd, you'd find that kind of quality center field defense that maybe you're looking for. And if things work out, you've obviously seen the ceiling with him as, as far as his bat goes. Uh, you know, sometimes guys need a change of scenery, Brendan, but I tend to agree with a lot of people. I would take, I would do it I, for the defense alone, right, and the potential. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense. I'm I'm totally in on it. As far as fixing the bat, though, I do have the same concern that others have, where it's like, if the Dodgers couldn't figure this out um, for their guy, right, I don't know, do I believe that the Cubs can? Maybe yeah. not unless it's really as simple as a change of scenery situation which i i don't know i don't know if I buy that um the conforto thing kind of weird right like I, i'm I reading so. that like uh, that one's that one's a little weird he had some really good he had like a, a three or four year stretch where he was a really good hitter Mm-hmm. Um, and, and kind of a, a downish but still above league average season in 2021 you know now of course you're, you're dealing with coming off surgery and, and, and a pretty significant injury things like that having not played in a while um, but I, I, I'm just trying to figure out the fit right because he's not an elite you know defense center fielder uh, you already have two corner outfielders so I, you know, again, this is just like a loose connection. It doesn't really mean anything. He could potentially just be like a role player on the Cubs. But the, the, the Bellinger thing makes a lot of sense to me. The Conforto thing, not so much.
1: Uh, the Conforto thing is so, so weird to me. I mean, it's coming off not only not playing baseball last year, but he's coming off a shoulder injury and shoulder rehab. And for hitters, you know, shoulders can be hit or miss. We've seen even the effects of shoulder problems with David Bodie recently, even Cody Bellinger, who we're just talking about on that separated shoulder. So there's a huge level of uncertainty that I don't like with Conforto. Uh, Going into the year last year, I, you know, I would have been fine with that idea, but so much time has gone by where I want offense and I want a good idea if I'm going to get offense. I don't have a good idea if I'm going to get offense with Conforto. So in 2021, when he was playing, he had an okay year. He had a Woba of 322. His WRC plus that season was 106. It was a decline from previous years. For example, in the COVID 2020 season, his Wobo was 401. His uh, WRC Plus was 158. In 2019, in 650 plate appearances, his Wobo was 358. WRC Plus of 127. And he was pretty good even in those two prior years as well. So he was consistent. Uh, A lot of time has passed between then and now. And if we're going to look at what the other opportunities are with his team in the outfield if we have to contrast bellinger and conforto i'm imagining the price for bellinger is going to be lower um the ceiling with Bellinger actually might be higher than Conforto because of Bellinger's defensive ability across multiple positions, even first base, by the way, uh, if the Cubs are desperate for some type of first base depth for some reason. That is a factor in determining how these guys fit on, on the roster. If I had a pick between the two, Given everything, I probably go with Bellinger, and like you need a center fielder. That's the confusing part about this. Right. Conforto is not your center fielder, dude. Like he's played right field, he's done a great job at it. But if you sign him, then you have Hap and you have, um, you know, Saya. Like, is, is Hap going to play center field then? Like, how do you make that work?
0: Yeah, like I I you know again like I, the the bat might be really good. And you know, if you're signing role players and and we you know having interest know gonna be good. in in potential role players etc. like sure, fine. Like to explore whatever like it you know, but just trying to think of the fit, it gets a little more like confusing. Um, you know, and you have the DH, right? So who knows? You you'd have to see how they were going to align it, but you know, you just had Ian Happ go through huge you know, put in huge work and developments to win a a literal gold glove in left (laughs) field. Like, I don't think you should be exploring changing that. Say as comfortable and right. And I I think for what it is, like, you just went through a year where your defense in center field was bad, um, really bad. And I, you know, again, it it ties in exactly as we were tying in the catcher situation to the pitching situation as well. Like, so defense you know and behind the pitcher matters as well right and you can go for someone that has a bat there sure the Cubs need to score runs too but we've talked this whole offseason that center field kind of represents one of those places where if you just want to improve on defense it's not that easy to find a big time hitting center fielder right um unless you want to pay for the big time center fielder someone in Aaron Judge who can play center field or Nemo, sure yeah, uh neither of which do I necessarily expect the Cubs to do. Uh you know, you can play someone there that can go and get the ball and that is a, a very valuable thing. So, yeah, I I don't know. If if you believed in the bat coming off uh the down 2021 20, and, you know, coming off of surgery and not playing, sure like I'm interested right he was really good at the plate for uh, quite a, a significant stretch of time and the Cubs need bats but the the exact fit and where it works with like the team that the Cubs have just seems a little confusing um to me unless unless Jed has some other moves that he's planning to make and
1: you and- seem to be in on on Bellinger. The more I talk to you about it, the more we learn about the context of the market. You seem to be trending towards that direction. I just think it makes a lot of sense. You like the defense. I I, I like the floor. You right.
0: know, like the floor would be good with the defense. As I said, I mean, I genuinely do feel that way. Like the Dodgers have succeeded in the way that they have for a lot of reasons, but I do believe like if they could have fixed this. I think they would have, right? Like, um, it's easy for them to move on from things, right? It's easier for them to say, hey, you know, we don't feel like dealing with this. We're just going to sign Freddie Freeman, right? You know, (laughs) we have Moogie Betts, so who cares? Uh, But he's their guy, right? Like, I I, I wouldn't be necessarily confident that you would be getting the MVP level bat, uh, but the potential's in there, Right. And the floor on defense, I think it just makes a ton of sense, you know? And, like, I think you could go the route of someone like Kevin Kiermeyer, who's going to be the, you know, the glove-first option. Um, with, like, but zero offensive. Yeah, you're, you're, you don't have that. There's 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 no hope that he's putting up MVP levels at the plate, at least with Bellinger, whether it's likely or not. Like, it's happened, before mm. the potential would be there, whether you uh, you know, think it can get unlocked, you know, you you've got a new hitting coach, like I, you know, who knows, right? But I just think it it makes a lot of sense. The the question on the the Bellinger thing, as many have discussed, is if that turns into like a bidding war for his services, because a lot of teams are going to make this same argument, right? how much do you want to be involved in that right and if someone's willing to commit a certain number of years things like that you've obviously just suffered a few off-season setbacks um you know for some of your big time outfield prospects but you know at some point you're you're going to need playing time in the outfield um, you know, hopefully Brennan is able to work through this back thing and, and get up at some point next year. We'll see how Canario recovers. And, you know, you've got PCA moving, uh, I would expect, as quickly through the system as somebody can. Maybe not next year. You know, that's pretty extreme. But at some point, you're going to need space in the outfield, right? So as we talk about finding someone in center field, you've got SEA locked up. We've already seen the rumors that perhaps the Cubs would talk Extensions with Nico Horner and Ian Happ, like mm-hmm. you know, all of a sudden your outfield is getting pretty crowded. So I think the thing with Bellinger is, what does that contract look like, and how how much do you feel like engaging in um, you know bidding for those services um,
1: for the privilege? Now, if you look at John Heyman's further rumors: He did connect Brandon Nimmo to the Rays, the Tampa Bay Rays. I was surprised about that, given the qualifying offer, the draft pick attached to his signing, uh, the potential price tag. Some project Nimmo for five years, a hundred and ten million dollars. But the way I read into that is, if it, if the Rays are interested in Nimmo, like the you know somewhat conservative financial raise, then does that validate his usefulness? Does that validate that maybe some of the injury concerns or the durability is not as problematic as it appears to be? And maybe if you just look at everything Nimmo provides for a team, like he does everything so well, Corey. He does not strike out. He takes his pitches. He plays top tier defense. He has moderate power. Like he he is like the perfect center fielder from just a skill set point of view. Um, so I'm interested in that. I'm not throwing out the idea of even signing Brandon Nimmo. You still have a lot of question marks in this Cubs outfield. Like even you know PCA. Top prospect, amazing defense. The floor alone on the defense is super high, but he still has to go through double A and adjust offensively. Like that's not a certainty. Uh with Brennan, you know, the, the, the back injury is a concern. With Canario, you had major shoulder and angle injuries. That's a massive concern. So it's possible that the thinking for the Cubs in the front office is all right, maybe it is worth sacrificing a draft pick to shore up center field and accept some of the injury concerns with Nemo for me it was just interesting that the Rays are connected to him whether that's true or not but that coming from Heyman at least despite some of the limitations does at least hint at some validity with that possibility and maybe it does discount some of the concerns we have about his durability yeah
0: so uh the the long story short is the Cubs are loosely connected to a lot of people um Most, most of the the available players, the Cubs have like some loose connection to. Uh, As we sit here right now, they've done nothing yet. So no one uh, has done anything yet. I think, yeah, it's fine. It's fine for now. I, I just want them to get good players. (laughs) I I know that's not like quality. You always say that, and you always go back to that. I do. Well, I, like they just, just be better, right? Like they had a really good second half um, as a team, you know, not even just as a starting rotation. They had a really good second half. They, they showed us stuff and, you know, you, you, you put some pieces on this team and I, I genuinely think that they can compete uh, with the Cardinals in this division. Uh, but they're, you know, they're going to have to go and make those moves. So yeah. hopefully the winter meetings kind of jostle some of this behavior loose from the league and we can kind of get some movement on things um because yeah I like everybody else I'm getting a little impatient I'm trying Brendan to be patient and and believe that there is a light at the end of the
1: tunnel here but um it's hard the waiting is I I have a feeling if if Correa goes off the board not to the Cubs you're gonna have like a panic attack Well, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, then I'm going to, then I'm just going to set
0: up as many like Google alerts and things like that for the phrase Bogarts.
1: I know. um, You know, as I possibly can. We're going to have a problem. I might not have a,
0: I might not, you know. Yeah. uh, For
1: me, for me, it's Bogarts. If he goes, I'm dead. That's it for me.
0: Well, Here's hoping they <laughs> <laughs> t-
1: help both of us survive
0: this off season. So yeah. that's uh, the state of things. I, you know, again, we we are ready. Cody, Luke, Ryan, Jared, me, Brendan. We're all ready to do emergency podcasts, write wonderful articles about new toys that the Cubs get uh, for the holidays this year. Uh, they just need to do it. So we are at the ready to discuss that. Uh, but at least for today, that kind of gives you the lay of the land as far as the, the you know new portions of, of the rumor mill are concerned and you know that changes every day so uh check back in on that as as we've always said we'll we'll jump on uh the chgo cubs podcast and youtube will have coverage uh whatever time whoever it is uh for emergency shows if things happen uh, otherwise you know back to your regularly scheduled programming on monday with luke cody and ryan and that is all that Brendan and I have for you. So a reminder uh, to check out Becoming a Die Hard member at allchgo.com diehard. Access to the best content, free shirt every year, discount on events, special events for members. Uh, the CHGO Bears team just did uh, a Zoom happy hour that uh, got rave reviews. It was a really good time, uh, fun discussion, uh, exclusive to Die Hard members, discounts on merch, access to the members-only Discord, and of course, be sure to check out all of the Black Friday deals going on today on Friday at allchgo.com, and you can check things out at the CHGO Locker to get all of, as our guy Luke Stuckmeyer says, dope merch, chgolocker.com. As always, thank you for supporting CHGO, CHGO Cubs podcast, and Brendan and I. Brendan and I will be back with you next week, maybe sooner, if the Cubs sign Carlos Correa or Xander Bogart, something like that. Uh, We appreciate
1: your support. We'll talk to you next week, and as always, go Cubs.